Welcome to another review mini-sode of a record night. I'm Chris. And I'm Ryan. And how do we do the review mini-sode? Well, uh, you, we, we stopped doing newer new albums a while ago. We used to focus only on new albums. We dropped off, but now if something of note comes out, we'll bring it, we'll listen to it, and we'll give our review of it. Similar to what we do normally, but now this focuses on one new album. Yeah, and since we're only doing one, one new album, it, or one album... It's usually shorter episodes, so mini-sode. Um, well, you would hope. We just like talking a lot, though. <laughs> I didn't know. I remember we did um, that, the Dead Hand Apollo one, and that was like an hour and a half. Yeah, That's that was one of our longer day. ones for a while. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a mini-sode in the yeah. biggest quotation marks we could find. Um, if you if you want to reach out to us or follow us or give us themes, because in our main show we do themes, or if you have suggestions for a new album that came out, mm-hmm. you can find us on Instagram, at Record Night Pod. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash record night. Or you can just email us at recordnightpod at gmail.com. Yeah. Uh, so reach out to us. Tell us what new albums we can listen to. Because I feel like I feel like not a lot of stuff's coming out now. I'm sure COVID is messing up so much stuff. I know. It's it's um I ordered a record back in July fourth mm-hmm. and it still hasn't gotten here. Oh my and god. So I I contacted the the merch site and they're like, Yeah, we're experiencing delays you know up to a month and a half i'm like well shit but uh <laughs> yeah so um, we're reviewing a new album what are we listening yeah. to we're listening to bright eyes is down the weeds where the world world once was their first record in about uh nine years um and this was uh, your suggestion this is my suggestion I, uh growing up as a uh, as a, uh, a sad teenager um i i was a big bright eyes fan and I'm gonna bring up uh, my girlfriends again. All my girlfriends are big Friday Brides fans too. Your eyes were bright and your tails were bushy. Yeah, and um, and if you guys don't know Bright Eyes, are they're they're uh, oh man, they're I, I would call them indie, but people call them emo. Uh, they call them uh, indie folk, alternative country, Americana. Um, because Connor went through Connor Oberst is the uh is the guy known in Bright Eyes like. If you ask him, he'll say he's a band, but that's all bullshit um, to me. Um, mm-hmm. He is he is Bright Eyes. Uh, Bright Eyes have ten studio albums. Uh, the thing about Connor is he's been writing songs since he was thirteen years old. Uh-huh. Uh huh. He was, and um, he's forty now. It's um, a lot of songs. Yeah, it's a lot of songs. So uh, it's it's hard to um, it's hard to to verbalize how much Bright Eyes music it meant to me growing up, mm-hmm. and uh, how it made it indelible mark on me as a as a as a kid or as a teenager especially um but let, let me start from i guess the beginning uh bright eyes have 10 out of albums uh they really came to prominence in the year 2000 with fevers and mirrors uh a salad creek release um it's his third record but it's okay. the only one that it's people like finding the other two are aren't hard but they're not good <laughs> i'm like like <laughs> they're they're fine but it's you know still a young guy um but yeah, Fears and Mirrors. He he must have turned probably eighteen or tw- nineteen or twenty when that came out, and it was uh, it was on uh, the songs were on every girl I knew's uh, lips, you know, year after it came out because it's right, it, it's tortured, you know, genius sad guy music, right? <laughs> uh, but after Fears and Mirrors lifted, or the story and the soul of keep you to the ground, that one that's an amazing record too. It has songs on there that make me cry. All kinds of shit. Then he did a Christmas album, which I never listened to. And then, Why not? 
<laughs> not Christmas music guy. Me neither. I hate Christmas music. <laughs> it's the worst, right? <laughs> Except Carol of the Bells. Carol of the Bells gets a pass. Okay. Then in 2005, he released two records on the same day. Uh, one is a Americana record called "I'm Wide Awake It's Morning." Mm-hmm. The other one is like a uh, like electronic indie rock record called "Digital Ash" and a "Digital Urn." Uh, then he in 2007 he released Casadega, right? Uh, that that record's got a lot of spiritual themes since Casadega in Florida, uh, and the 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 packaging is really cool. When you get it, it's like it looks like a um, like a static television, but there's okay. a, a spectral decoder which is just like a a piece of plastic you put out the static and it makes images. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so it's images all from all over the record, like palm trees and shit like that. Um, then in 2011, they released the People's Key, which is probably my least favorite record of theirs. Um, it's a. Uh, it was like a. So Connor through this whole thing, he's been saying, "Yeah, I'm tired. I'm done with that Americana shit. We're still an indie rock record, right?" Right. And they made the people's key which is fine it has some good songs on it but it uh it disappointed a lot of us and then connor went off and did a whole bunch of solo shit he did uh, a <laughs> he's released one two uh three four five he usually six solo records um and that's not including the the stuff he did with the make all the despacitos and better Oblivion community center and <laughs> and uh he he's done a lot of stuff. Uh, also, uh, Bright Eyes are a reason why why Saddle Creek is the thing. Saddle Creek is a record label that started in Omaha, Nebraska, where where Connor and uh, Cursive and all these other uh, ba- like Hopalong are from Omaha, Nebraska. Uh-huh. And um, down the weeds where the once was new was the first one not released in Saddle Creek. Um, and uh, I think oh, that's to do with has to do uh, with his. Uh, Okay, I'll, I'll, get, I'll get to it. So, he he, he has you know uh, he's basically the poster boy for sad bastard music, right. and uh, a bunch of the bright ass fans now are in their thirties or forties, and I'm I'm in my thirties. So here we go. Um, so with uh, back uh, before um, before the new one came out and after uh, after ruminations came out, which is his, his second to last solo record, um, he experienced quite a few things uh first off that on a website called jane exo which is no longer uh, active a girl accused him of uh being in a abusive relationship with her uh he was accused of uh raping her uh physically assaulting her verbally abusing her and when connor found out about this and by the way he's a big feminist connor mm-hmm. Roberts, uh when he found out about this he sued her for slander uh what happened though is the girl came out a couple months later and recanted her entire story. Um, Connor felt vindicated, but also he was damaged because you know fans will turn you in a split second. Um, right. And the girl remained anonymous, so there's no way they get, anyone could verify her story in the first place. But uh, Connor sued for slander because um, he was super upset about it. And the girl came through and explained why she did what she did uh, mental health issues, right? Um... And so that that damaged him quite a bit. Uh, he had a brain tumor that he had removed. Uh, wasn't oh, malignant. It was benign, but it was malignant. And, but if you have brain surgery, you kind of have to fucking take a breather. Um, his brother died, Matty Oberst, or Matt Oberst, who was uh, helped found, found Saddle Creek. And when they asked him how he died, 
he when he told the press is in the quote he basically fucking drank himself to death end quote um now he's also changed that a bit because he says there's stuff he didn't know about but drinking definitely played a part in that mm-hmm. um and then the final thing is uh he got married and divorced yeah, yeah so uh and so after feeling <laughs> kind of lost on this uh he uh he w- he was never he never stopped talking to the dudes in Bright Eyes, which are Mike Mogus and Nathaniel Walker, people he's worked with since he's been doing records. Right. And he was at a uh, he was at a, a Christmas party with Nathaniel or Nate, and he was talking about you know I'm thinking maybe we should do another Bright Eyes record. So they went to the bathroom, and they uh, Facetimed Mike Mogus. He says, "Yeah, I'll be there." So this is <laughs> down the weeds where the one once was. Uh, man, I well. We'll get into this more, but I do I do want to give our listeners a chance to listen to this. Right. Yeah. We'll pause it for about ten seconds or so of silence, give you a chance to listen to it and come back and we can talk about uh our feelings on it. Yeah. Uh, okay, so yeah, it's a bright eyes down in the weeds where the wood once was. And we're back. That's okay. that. Yeah, so that's his record. <laughs> um, so uh, I I didn't write down a whole lot of lyrics because I have the lyric sheet right here. Right. Why we, um, this is dedicated to Matt Oberst, um, his brother. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're, throughout this record, there's references to death, um, references to lost love, uh, hence his wife's his ex wife now, Karina. Right. And um. But she shows up on this album. Yeah, she does. She shows up on the first uh, first track. She opens it uh, up. Yeah. D- by the way, was that Spanish? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, we'll go. We'll go through this. Um, we'll go through this uh, song by song. But uh, yeah. Well, let I, me I be... let me let me give kind of like my overall thing on this, so you can kind of see where I'm coming from with a lot of oh, the stuff sure. I'm saying. Um, I have never listened to Bright Eyes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> ever. <laughs> ever because I had an idea of what I thought they sounded like and I was like that kind of music's not for me and this album sounds exactly like what I thought Bright Eyes would sound like mm-hmm. so I am okay. approaching this from this is not for me but I don't yeah. I don't think it's a bad album at all mm-hmm. like I don't think oh, you're not there's not anything feelings. bad about it what's that? you're not gonna hurt my feelings <laughs> no but <laughs> Like, I was listening to it, and it was like, I can't even be snarky about it, because it's not bad. Yeah. So it's, I'm I'm going to be approaching it, I guess, a lot more, like, objectively than I uh-huh. usually do. Because it was like, I found a lot of really interesting stuff on here that it's like, oh, I'd love to, I'd love to see this explored further. Because there's a lot of really, really interesting, a lot of really cool and impressive stuff on here. Um, but I don't know if there was really anything that I, like, liked. Yeah, if that makes sense. Uh huh. So the thing about Bright Eyes is, I've been following him forever. Um, right. Uh, I mean, it's hard for me to separate their past with this new record. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, impossible in my view. Uh, and um, like Mountain Goats, you listen to you want you listen to Bright Eyes for the lyrics. Um, right. One hundred percent. Um, but uh, he's his music has tended to be more interesting than Mountain Goat's music. 
Yeah, but- that is that is one big thing on this album is even if, like if you typically tend to listen to it for the lyrics, the production on this thing is super super interesting. Yeah, yeah. Like there's just so uh, much cool stuff happening and it's it's all really um like with a lot of this stuff if most people attempted it, it comes off as overproduced. Mm-hmm. But you know, uh excluding one track nothing on here i think sounds like that stereotypical overproduced like everything like meshes and fits in really well and there's a raw quality to it um if you listen to connor's earlier records he has a voice kind of like a goat um in the <laughs> way that it, there's a vibrato right and it, oh, it shows up here too yeah it shows up here too and um he's not a great singer i mean to me or you know, almost anyone but mm-hmm. there, that's the part of the charm of uh, Connor's voice is that it's so raw and under, raw and, I guess, real? I don't, I'm, I'm trying to think of a way to put it. No, but, uh, I get it. Untutored, it, untutored, untutored uh, yeah. voice that, that it, there's a char- it's charming in that aspect to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I, I know people that can't stand writers for the sad sack wall music, um, sad bastard music, but, <laughs> and, um, I can tell you, man. I, I I've listened to the other crits a million times over, um, especially in my youth. You know, mm-hmm. and and listening to sad music. I don't know to say for you was very cathartic. Um, sort of, even though the stuff was kind of precocious, and um, <laughs> I mean, it still is pretty uh, precious music. Um, but um, yeah, let's let's get into it. Let's hop into it. Uh, page turn is rag. Uh, done. Uh, yeah, go ahead. What? Page oh, I was going to say, this is, um, I, I guess I won't count it as like a real song. No, it's like a sound collage, really, to me. But it's my favorite on the album. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I do have a favorite, like, real song okay, okay. within the album, but this is, like, opening an album like this where it's like, this thing's not just an intro. Like, there's a lot of stuff here. It's really interesting. I was reading some stuff about, like where the sounds came from and all this stuff. And like, even for a sound collage, it has a really personal quality to it. Mm-hmm. I started that with a, um, a Spanish speaking, I guess like, like, like do were you able to understand it? Mostly? Yeah. It's, it's an intro. It's basically like, ladies and gentlemen, you know, something, 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 uh, welcome this band. They're going to play page Turner's rag or and it, yeah. Also the, the, she said at one point, most vivid nightmare. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's the that. that's basically the name um, of the band that's gonna be playing oh that's right, who's playing page turner drag um, is most vivid okay. nightmare and it's kind of like a it's a it's like a ragtime taverns tune you know like for most of it mm-hmm. uh and then like as it peters out you hear you hear basically what sounds like a a wake for someone they're talking about they're trading back memories and this is what i got of of Connor's late brother. Um, right. So uh, I can, I've got, I did find some insight into this song. Cause I wanted to look into it. Um, a lot of the bar stuff and the recordings and all that stuff were at a bar that he owned in Omaha uh-huh. or like a venue type thing. And, you know, had his, his ex-wife announcing the band. And then the conversation that's happening is like a, a recording of um, his mom and his ex-wife like having a conversation <sighs> yeah uh, 
it, it, it like it ends in cacophonous um and um uh, brought out Saddle Creek bands are even notorious for ending their songs in interesting ways or having like just like non real songs or parts of the song that end or uh, it's their um bright eyes bands are known for this like bright eyes and cursive and all those Saddle Creek bands are known for the type of music they play than when it comes mm-hmm. to intros and astros. Which um yeah, if you if you look in the page booklet, Patreon's rag is just it just says that. That's all it says. <laughs> right. <laughs> um I tried to stay off I tried to stay off genius for this one. I did um to my own interpretation. I mean uh, that was that was all I really looked on on there was like mostly like who's talking, who's doing this stuff. Yeah. Um what are some of what are some of the Spanish words I don't know. <laughs> uh, this record is fifty six minutes long. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think I think it's like fifty two. Okay, it's somewhere it's somewhere kind of close to an hour. It's a long one. It's longer than a lot than especially the under thirty minute ones um, that we did. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we get to the track too, dance and sing. Yeah, which kind of starts with the sound of like another band warming up. Yep, it does. Uh, it it's a, it's a ballad. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean the the basic the basic root of this song is a uh, you know uh, the world's ending. But you just have to move through it, right? Yeah, he's um, got to dance and sing. It's got some really, uh, it's got some really great lines in here. Like, uh, I read "God is dead." I shed some tears for him, but I swear in his grave I'll never do it again. Uh, I'm in a self-induced seizure, like a kid at a rave, smeared in dago paint. Yeah. Um, I mean, what, what were your thoughts on this song? Um, a lot of my notes ended up kind of trending towards uh, the production side of things. Okay. That's where I found a lot to like grasp onto. Um, mm-hmm. Some Americana shows up on this one. There's slide guitar on it. I mean, there's, there's strings on it. There's the, the Americana showing up with a lot to this record. Like, a whole oh thing. yeah, there's a lot of slide guitar. Um, but there's some banjo hidden on this one. <laughs> um, they just kind of, they add a lot of layers to this thing. And it's mm-hmm. like, if you listen really closely, it's like you can hear strings, you can hear banjo, you can hear a choir. Um, but I really like the chorus in this. Um, the way yeah. it transitions, uh, the chorus would transition. Like, for example, the chorus even adds fucking lines at the other choruses that, that weren't there <laughs> before. Um, it It's, um, there's, there is a bitterness to this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and it's 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 in the voice. It's in uh, lines or words here and there. Um, and dance and sing is one of the, like it's kind of weird how how timely this song is when it comes to the the type of period we're living in because it right. talks about it starts out with um keep on going like it ain't the end but it, but uh, <laughs> it kind of kind of feels like it is. Um, but yeah. I mean, it's it's okay. Song, it's not my favorite, but uh, it's it was- it's not my favorite. But it's it is where I started getting really impressed with the like the production side of things. Like on almost every song, I kind of started just listing all the different instruments I was hearing. Mm-hmm. Um, but they blended and they blended in and they add it so seamlessly. Mm-hmm. Like it just kind of like all of a sudden it's like oh, there's strings here. I hadn't noticed, and it's like weird two verses in like they just kind of sneak it in there instead of making it the the focal point it's like the mu- yeah. the vocals and the music and all that stuff is still the focal point of it but they're adding these like flavors and spices they're putting a little yeah, the, the, frosting on def- the cake they're definitely adding a production like like it's 
it's it's a lot of stuff though. I can't imagine like arranging this shit. Just so much going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it, it, they crammed a lot of ideas into this record, um, which goes us into just just once in the world. Yeah. Um, I I really like the line here. It says um, it, it, this song sort of starts out basically like a ballad until uh, he says the words electric, ecstatic, and psychotic. And that's when the, yeah. record, the, the rest of the song gets electric, uh, ecstatic, and uh, psychotic. Because that's when everything comes in. Like, yeah. Uh, most, and then the drums. The yeah. I like the part where the drums kick up where he says, jumped into the drums. Yeah. It was pandemonium. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Had a couple cool lines. I like the one about um, they'll blow up or walk on the moon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I saw you work like architecture, cathedral of words. A small mm-hmm. hard, yeah. Um, just like a, this song, like to me, was kind of heart wrenching. Um, like you know, it says, "Guard my darling bride, that I don't know you." Fear and bounce, bliss, breeze and lightness. Um, I, I'm actually almost sure that's not that he didn't write that part of it. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Hold on. This is the back. of uh, here we go. Uh, all lyrics by Connor Burst is a bridge on lyrics just once in the world by Mili Lupa. Um, so that that's the part of the italics over here. Um, but yeah, I mean, he gave at least he gave her credit in the liner notes. Right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it says now we're working in there, there's no help beneath our feet. Um, one of the things that Connor did in the early Bias records is he is a uh, ambivalent he thinks he may have no soul while everyone else has one you right. know yeah <laughs> and, and you know absent god he talks about that too and it, mm-hmm. there's there's definitely some biblical energy imagery in this but it's not overt like you're listening to fucking creed or something um, <laughs> right. but uh maybe we should listen to creed <laughs> maybe maybe we should man uh, open those arms up man yeah, <laughs> God, I can't. Uh, but this song had both like harpsichord and piano show up in it, which I thought mm-hmm. was really cool. Um, yeah, just kind of like more instruments. Like it really felt like, and it didn't feel like they went to the studio and saw like, oh, there's a harpsichord here. Let's try the harpsichord. Like a lot of these songs felt like they're written like with this specific sound in mind, or arranged yeah. for it, or produced mm-hmm. for it. Like. It never feels extraneous just because they had access to it. Like, it feels like it it has its own spot within the mix. And then we get into the first single that shows up on this record. I could see this as a single. Mariana Trench. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, the, it's also the um, the most political song on the record, 100%. And I don't know if you got that, but to me it was, it was, mm-hmm. it was really political. It's got great things like the closing, beth, closing bell death tolls. Okay, the market crash. Uh, a cowboy drinks himself to death. Re- fresh out rehab. Um, it takes a lot of gall to try to please these dehumanizing entities. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, I like that line a lot. Uh, and then he uh, he always talks shit on himself. Oh, a coward is is what a coward does. I suppose maybe I always was, but I'm sick of it. I'm had enough, and now I'm ready for the war. Um, this song straight political. I mean, that's that's it's obvious, but um, it it did change the it did change courses like the chorus parts they ch- reference things like Marriott Trench four or five, 
And then mm-hmm. they refer- and then the next one they reference uh, Stonehenge, a burned out building, uh, Brother's Grave, which is yeah mentioned several times throughout this this uh, record. Yeah, which I didn't I didn't know those parts until I had found out about his brother dying and stuff, and then like a lot of the pieces kind of fell into place. Yeah, uh, and, uh, uh, this one was an interesting one. Um, following the songs before it, because like. Mm-hmm. Now the synths show up. You've got drums that sound kind of glitchy during like the pre-chorus and stuff. Like it, it has like a very strong like electronic sound to it. It's really nebulous until it gets to the chorus and everything sort of clicks into place. Like it's exactly, sort of, yeah. So every verse is sort of uh, kind of I don't want to say wacky, but kind of like um, not all together. And then everything it's like you turn the focus button on the binoculars. And then, yeah, yeah, and I think I mean that's obviously on purpose. I don't think that they're being lazy or anything like that. No, um, I it and it it makes the choruses just kind of hit that much harder. Mm-hmm. When we get the one done after this, yeah, which kind of has a weird little like ominous intro to it, echoing drums, and, th- and then again chorus clarity, like uh, oh yeah, like, like the last one. Um, this is probably actually like my favorite real song. Oh yeah, okay. If we're not counting the extended intro. Yeah, Patreon Direct. Yeah, um I I'm I was kind of trying to figure out what this one was about. Um because uh, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna analyze Connor's lyrics like they mean something to me personally. Um, right. He's speaking to you. He yeah. I mean I I think he's talking about an older man. I don't want to say his brother because that's like, all I'm gonna say when, when he's talking about someone. But right. I mean, it could be, right? <laughs> Uh, for example, one and done. Uh, it says not the first time you said one and done. And if he's saying his brother drank himself to death, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and it was obviously a problem to him. It be it's not the first time you said one and done, which means you you said it many times because you been saying you're gonna drink and that's it, and then you would drink again. Right. But, uh, here I am drinking a beer about it. Um, space camp for Cosmic IPA. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the worst. <laughs> Uh, the advertisement for it, like, man, alcoholism will kill you. Yeah. What are we drinking tonight? Yeah. <laughs> what are you drinking though? Are you just water? Just water. Look at you go, man. We don't have anything. Do, do you wish you had some stuff? Oh, always. Oh, always. Okay. Uh, when and done. Uh, and it's also a catchy song. Um, yeah, it's got you know, kind of like electronic drums. You got some pianos. You got some strings. Uh, the part I really like is. I can't remember where it falls in the song. I think it's like after the choruses, mm-hmm. but you get this almost like funky bass line which oh, yeah. shows up that in a song that's not really funky. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorite ones is this: uh, "Came to the wedding, you were looking rough. Watch the masks all celebrating love," which, um, which, which is kind of saying like, like, um, uh, be- being married is is masochistic. I I'm not that person that thinks that I, I love being married. It's the best, uh, but, right? Um, but if you're in a bad marriage, I can definitely see it being something that you put yourself through. Uh, you know, with the divorce that Connor had, I can understand it being a, a a hard thing to like. You know, to deal with. Yeah, uh, I was reading up though. I thought their split was pretty amicable. Like, I mean, sure, it still sucks, but I don't think it was like a messy like, divorce or anything. Yeah, she yeah. showed up on the album. Post divorce. Yeah. He's like, I got something I want you to say. I want you to say it in this song. Mm-hmm. Um, then we get into Pan and Broom, which to me is probably my first favorite. Like, first song I really loved on this record. Um, 
It's definitely one of the shortest lyrics. Mm-hmm. Um, I love some lines in here. Like, um, for example, uh, let's wait for the rapture. Man, man, the phone banks were talking snakes. <laughs> you know, like I was like, that's that's pretty fucking awesome. Um, <laughs> best medicine's laughter. Where a practical joke we have to play. Um, what else is in this one? Yeah, I mean that's all I really want to point out. But uh, uh, I like the parts that are like mm-hmm and happiness, where like his voice is all like lowered and affected, really weird. Yeah, I I love the verse in this. Interesting in that that aspect. Like it starts out kind of you hear the, you hear a growing sort of synth in, in the verse coming as he's strong. Oh yeah, and I, I really enjoyed that part of it. And I'm I'm, I'm glad that. I'm not glad. I'm saying like each time there was a verse, instead than the last part, there was nothing affecting it. It was it was kind of simple: drums, synth, bass, and guitar. Um, and then when you start saying there's tools and wheelbarrows, there's cherries in the tree. That was um oh wrong one. Fuck. Um, he says just whistle to tune. He has that bridge or whatever, and it it changes a bit. But um, I like yeah. This. You got some like I think some like dulcimer on this guy. Yeah, there's electronic drums. It's it's interesting. I mean, there's um, viola, cello, uh, flute, oboe, English horn, clarinet, baritone sax, trumpet, trombone. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's what I really like is, like, there's all these instruments on there, but they're never really, like, fighting for space. They're all really working together well, where, I don't yeah, know, you can't really, like, hear a lot of this stuff in there, but it's there just kind of adding to it. Yeah, I'm seeing on here, there is a hammer, there's a dulcimer, like you said. Hey. Uh, a flugelhorn. <laughs> oh, nice! <laughs> yeah, uh, a Mellotron. Get your flug. We talked about the Mellotron, the Omnichord. Oh, I love it. Uh, banjo Sexto, which I think is a banjo you're talking about. Mm. Um, and uh, what was it? What did they call it? They call it Banjo Sexto. I wonder if that's just a six-string banjo. Uh, I mean, I maybe, but maybe it was just supposed to be Banjo Sexto, and they just misprinted in the lyric book here. I'm gonna um, look it up. Okay, yeah, and there are also bagpipes and shit, like a timpani. Uh, yeah, I'm in this choir, but um, yeah, th- that's um, Pan and Broom. Uh, are you looking up right now what a banjo uh-huh. sexto is? Um, um, maybe it is supposed to be a banjo sexto. <laughs> you looking up right now? <laughs> oh, it's a it's a bajo sexto. It's a it's like a twelve string mariachi guitar. Okay, okay, all right. So it's just giant. Is it show a guy play, playing it? In the, in the, no, in the it's but they're really cool looking. Look at that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty neat. Yeah, look at that. I want one. <laughs> um, then we get in the stairwell song. Uh, okay. Um, so before before all this, mm-hmm. from here through forced convalescence mm-hmm. is kind of this stretch of songs that really did just absolutely nothing for me. <laughs> I mean, I've got I've got stuff to say. They did some stuff, but it was kind of like really up until uh, a death's heart um, came in. I was kind of like, "Uh oh, there's like <laughs> there's like forty minutes left of this album." <laughs> okay, well, sorry, man. Uh, no, that's all right. Uh, uh, this, is, song, this is what we do. We're here for reviewing. Yeah. Um, Devil's song is either about I mean, I wrote about about his wife, about his brother, or about mm-hmm. just a friend. You know. Yeah, uh, but I it, think it so. talks about this friend leaving. It's a, like, for example, it says things like, uh, "You like cinematic endings," which, hey, you know, like, like, what's a better way to end it than killing yourself or dying? Um, mm-hmm. Is that what happens, or is it just leaving without saying anything? I guess it could be 
it's it's left a bit ambiguous. Yeah. But I guess he does he does mention uh, something along like suicide lines a little early on. This song is heart wrenching to me. I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. It's just it's a it's classic bright eyes when it comes to like uh, talking about someone and just uh-huh. sort of like I understand but I don't kind of you know like, right okay. So, since you're saying it's classic Bright Eyes, maybe you can clue me in on this. So, this song, cool in my mind, is, uh-huh. this We're, song, in my mind, is what Bright Eyes sounds like. Okay. Or, like, this is, like, so I was listening to this, is like, oh, this is that thing I thought they were. Uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to defend my choice in music here, but... Oh, me, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm also not trying to be an asshole. Yeah. I'm trying to, I guess, gain an understanding from, like, I don't know anything about their past music, and I didn't listen to them because I didn't think I it would be for me. Every Bright Eyes record I've ever listened to took me about 12 listens to like. Mm-hmm. Um, this is no exception. It, I can feel uh, I feel its tendrils gripping me. I hear right. the melodies sort of catching me in the shower. But, um, but It's uh, got good melodies. I'm sitting here like every, even like on albums I know when we get to stuff and we're like talking about it, mm-hmm. it takes me a little bit for it's like click back in, but I feel like every single song on here when you mention a lyric, I'm like, oh, I know that melody. Yeah. And I've only listened to this album twice. Yeah. So uh, every every like I said, every Bryce record I had I've listened to as a grower. Um, and even to this day, this is my favorite song's change. Like the to well, album to album. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm really I'm really excited to listen to this more. <laughs> like I gotta be honest. Um, right. Uh, and so Connor's forty now. Right? Mm-hmm. Um that's even mentioned here turning forty is like and I'll get to that that song with which mentions that, but um, yeah, uh, um, Sarah's song to me, it reminds me of a song um, off of a uh, off of Digital Ass and Digital Learn, where uh, he talks about a a man who died, like 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 a a guy who was super like super socialist and sort of turned Connor onto all these things like books or writers or economists or something, and um. And uh, and and sort of like ex- sort of looking back fondly on this man and how death probably was not something that he was not well, death was something he was scared of because in that line it says in that line that I saw on top of my says and he probably lost control fucking with the radio, mm-hmm. <laughs> it, which is uh which is kind of kind of funny way to put it just sort of like yeah he just fucked up, right. <laughs> you know that's what life is. Um, a several song uh. It sounds like he's talking about his brother, maybe his wife, or just a friend that we don't know about. But it, mm-hmm. ta- it, it could still- be. It could even be the same person. Yeah, yeah. It, maybe he's I, still got got feelings and needs to get out. Yeah, I mean, and I, I, I actually, I love the story in the song. Just sort of like the life they had together and yeah. the memories. Yeah, yeah. It was a. I really liked the narrative on this one. Mm-hmm. And then we were um, the- and this one is kind of where you like. I feel like you hear the full orchestra for the first time. Mm-hmm. I know I mentioned earlier, I said, save for one song, none of this album sounds overproduced. I thought this one did, mostly mm-hmm. because, like, in my mind, when somebody says something's overproduced, I think, oh, they took a normal song and put an orchestra to it. Yeah, yeah. And this sounds like a normal song that they threw an orchestra to. You know, your your Metallica's S&M. <laughs> <laughs> um, then we get into Persona Non Grotto, which is actually the first single that they released. There's like three on here, but this yeah. is the first single they released. Um, and to me, this was about what happened when that lady went on Jane XO uh, 
and accused him of being a abusive asshole, right? Oh, really? I might have to read through the lyrics again. On I mean, this for one. even even with the name Persona Non Grata, which, uh, for example, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna try. To, for example, uh, save a valley of bones where no man shall be saved. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, left your innocence in a team in square. You're filled with despair, underfed and depressed. Uh, I mean, he talked to the girl. <laughs> right, like, like, right, like he had no who she was, but but they got in touch with each other, uh, through probably through court. <laughs> um, I would imagine so. Yeah, uh, I think I did read his like quotes about this, and like, I guess, like, how conflicted his stuff, his like because, mind was because about he's it. like, because, because strangely enough, after he was on that Janie show, he had uh allies that he had no, he wanted nothing to do with. Because the midnight well, yeah. activist, yeah, MRA counts from. He's like, he's like, that's not what I want. I am a person who believes the girls who say this. Please, please don't exactly. make me a poster boy. Yeah. Don't. He's like, I don't want this to be a thing. Yeah. He's yeah. like, I don't want this to be used against people. Yeah. And and, and uh, yeah. By the way, he mentions children in this, and I found no evidence that Connor has any children. Yes. Yeah. I, mean, I feel I like there was stuff. There was stuff later, or maybe yeah. it was on this one. I can't remember the exact. No, not on this one. But I just wanted to mention it. <laughs> but like throughout the album, it might be Comet Song. I think Comet Song was the one later on in the album where it's like there's a lot of like baby and infant imagery, and it's like, does he have kids? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually looking this up right now. I could be totally wrong. Um, does Connor Arbus have any children? I feel like the only thing that was keeping me attached to this song. Um, was the bagpipes? Oh, okay. And I, I thought they sounded really good. There are like, there are some albums that I really love that when the bagpipes show up, it sounds awful. And I don't know if it's people playing it bad or they're recorded really bad. Um, like there's a Neurosis album that has like a bagpipe solo, and I'm like, this sounds awful. I actually like, thought it I, worked in, in Persona Non Grata. Yeah, it works great on here. That's that's kind of what I was saying. Is like it. They did something to it. I, I maybe they tuned it right to the song. They got the drones going well. They did something that made it sound great on this song. But on other albums I've heard, they they don't match somehow, and I'm I can't figure out what what they're doing wrong. So in the, in the last uh, chorus of this song, he screams uh, uh, to me once again. He does that part, and that is a bright eyes classic when it comes to maybe overexerting himself, and it doesn't sound that great. <laughs> um, uh, you'll you'll hear like uh, uh, he doesn't do it so much anymore. But back in his earlier records, like Fears and Mirrors or even The Lifted, there are parts where he's just he's just singing off key on purpose. And, oh um, God! <laughs> and like I, remember I was listening to the first song off Lifted in the car, waiting for my friend to get out of school. And I had a friend in the car with me, and he started doing that like a uh, sort of off key singing, and he starts laughing. Go, is he serious? I'm like, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, moving on. Uh, Persona Grata was the first, uh, was the first, one of the first singles listed, and it's the one that, um, out of the singles that were released, my favorite. Mm-hmm. But then we went on to Tilt the World, it was actually my favorite song on the record. Okay, um, yeah. you'll, you might have to talk more at length about this one than me, um, this I was is, listening uh, to it, go ahead. and we got to the end of the song, and then it moved on to the next one, I was like, oh shit, I didn't write anything down, um, and I don't know if that was me being lost in the song, or I couldn't really think of anything to say about it. Um, well, this song is uh, easily about his brother. I mean, he even says it in the first line, uh, my right. phantom brother came to me. Uh, I had some great lines, like, life's a game of solitaire. Um, uh, 
that's that to me like that that's 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 the thesis of the song that that we're all sort of alone <laughs> in right. the end yeah uh and uh i i can't i can't say why this affected me so much but uh it's yeah tilt a world or a spear it's an affecting song it is an affecting song yeah uh, you don't, but, uh, you don't have to know why something why something clicks with you it just it does yeah and um yeah, it's a it's a it's a good song to me. Then then we get into Hot Car and Sun, which is my least favorite song on the record. Yeah, it's it's a little slower. Um, it's a piano ballad. It's about being yeah. alone. But I do I do like the last line. It says uh, he says I love you. It says because but the last line is because I wanted to love you, which makes it seem like me. He didn't love this person as much as he thought he did. Right, you know? he just wanted to. He just tried to. Yeah. Um, it's a piano ballad, though, this whole song. I mean, there's... They do some... They try to make it interesting by, like, having kind of sound show up to, like, maybe enhance the lyrics a little bit. Um, but they're just kind of, like, chilling in the background. But... Uh, and then there's kind of, like, a weird little poem at the end. Or not even a poem. It's, like, two lines. I can't even <laughs> yeah. remember what he says. It's not even in the lyric booklet, so... Yeah. Uh, um, dang, I should have written it down, then. That's all right, man. No worries. But it's it, yeah, it's whatever. Uh, then we get into Force Convalescence, which is this a song? Is this a song you liked? Uh, no, this is the last song in that stretch of stuff that I was kind of like, eh. Third single, <laughs> Force okay. Convalescence. Um, it has a I I this song. I mean, I'm, I I wanted to think about his brain surgery, but it's just I, I don't I don't really think it fixed it. But I, there's lines in here, like for example, went out of town for the weekend with my children. Build, and I was like, his children. And I searched online, and I can't find no evidence that Connor Bush has any kids whatsoever. He has okay. dogs. I know he has two dogs. That he goes to death. Maybe there's kids. Yeah, I mean, some people say it. that. But um, my favorite line in this is a uh, catastrophizing my birthday turning forty. Yeah, <laughs> which is which is funny. It's hilarious um, to me. Uh, I, I, like I said, uh, turning thirty wasn't a big deal for me. But I think I was just in denial of my aging. <laughs> I don't know. It mentions Jericho, um, which is a uh, which is a uh, a drug for depression. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, there was kind of a lot in the lyrics, especially in this song, but a lot like throughout the album, where it's like, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that is. And I was like, I don't, I don't have a lot of time to be doing research on this right now. Um, but I. It is a thing that it's like, I feel like there's a lot to kind of dig into with this album. Mm -hmm. Like, if you want to look into it, there's a lot of stuff there for you to listen to. But if not, I mean, there's stuff like this song that I feel like has one of the stronger uh, chorus melodies on the album, too. Yeah, I agree. Um, And this is another one of those songs that kind of like throughout the album, they do this thing where they like sprinkle in like conversation recordings. Mm -hmm. And you just got one. That's in all records. In fact, there's a hard time supposed to says, I butt out Con Arberson. That's the intro to his new record. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool. Like I, I like when that happens on, like on our previous review episode, um, mm-hmm. in disheveled cuss yeah, that happened yeah. on there too. Like, I it think it's his dad, a really, right? on his answering machine. Um, yeah. Or his grandpa or something like that. I, I know in that one, we, we don't want to, cover that too much but <laughs> he found an old cell phone that still had a bunch of like uh voicemail recordings on it and he's like these will be fun to put in songs yeah. um so i think that's like you know conversations and voicemails and things like that are a really interesting kind of like found sound thing you can throw in there there are really great lyrics throughout this whole thing um i don't find anything hokey 
yeah, I didn't either. I didn't find anything hokey, cheesy, cringy, anything like that. I saw I, I saw no Moonchild in this one, <laughs> so we can <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> if you guys don't know, I'm talking about the Court of the Crimson King, the first King Crimson record, and um, we'll be me and Ryan both agree the Moonchild sucks. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> and then we get into a song where I think we. You pretty much like the Death's Heart in three parts. Yeah, this is this is where the album started to grab me again because it's like, oh, he's doing interesting things. It is. It's in three parts. Each of the parts sounds different, but like it's still part of the same song. Like things change slightly. And um, three and three uh, languages in a uh, three words in a foreign language. Either for each mm-hmm. part. Uh, first one's a uh, Benedicente, uh, then Agatante, and then Ephemer or Ephemerae. Right. Yeah, so I'm going to assume Italian, Spanish, and French. Yeah, so I'm going to get I didn't look up what they mean, but I, I think I, 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 I The first I, one just sounded like Benedictine, and it's the Pope saying it, so it's like, yeah. oh, sure. I got to, uh, is that agony, English? Um, It could be. Like, I I know Spanish and can speak Spanish, but I don't know all of Spanish. <laughs> so so he says, um, I asked my love, what will she say? What's it like to live with me here every fucking day? But she says, I got Tante, I got Tante, I got Tante, and her emotions away. So I think it's saying that living with him fucking sucks. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Um, exhausting. Yeah. Uh, th- That's what yeah. it means. It's exhausting. Oh, it's exhausting? Well, yeah, I would be, mm-hmm. ex- yeah, I'd be exhausted too. Um, <laughs> but this one has, um, I think part three of all three parts is my favorite. Um Slide guitar shows up again. You got some synths showing up again. Um, but it, it has some really cool, uh, like, imagery in it. Um, like, I really like mattress soaked in gasoline makes iridescent flames, and then I lay down. Yeah, uh, enough blood to fill up this fishbowl. Keeps going. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, I, this is, uh, I wrote down just the three, oh my god, the three, um, the three words in a foreign language. <laughs> Just that's all the notes I have on it. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know if you recognize at the end. I don't think it is a um a voice uh a thing. I can't. I don't know. what I'm trying to say like a conversation that's secretly recorded. Like the guy says, "Do you believe in God, champ?" And the guy starts to talk, and he's like, "You're the champ, right?" <laughs> I swear I have heard that before, and I don't it know what it's. It could from. be in a movie, man. Like, like, like I'm pretty know. sure it's in a movie, but I was hoping you would also recognize it. I did and not. Be able and I, to, I, I'm not. Signing, I'm not able to find anything in the liner notes about it either. Um, and I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure in a couple months we can go on a uh, genius and find out. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, I wish I knew what it was. Oh well. Um. um but then it's. Oh gosh, I don't know how to pronounce it. Calais to Dover. It's Calais because you mentioned Calais. That's how I right. It's because it's French. Yeah, yeah. And uh, this song to me was heart wrenching. It's it's basically spending a day with with uh, someone who doesn't want to be with them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, uh, tell me what's wrong. Tell me I'll pay for what I've done. Tell me what's up. Pain like a red bubble ball. Should stop. Just sort of these things that he doesn't he doesn't know what to do. Like what? There's what's there's left to say, and you know it's 
yeah, it's. I think it's dealing with himself and having to deal with the person who also is with him that can't handle his um, yeah, his exhausting narrative, throwing up, being sick all the time, and dealing with the shit that he's been going through the past six years. And yeah, I can imagine. Uh, he probably wasn't a super fun to be around when yeah, yeah. <laughs> his life was going to shit. <laughs> because all the other records, uh, besides this one, there is uh, rampant drug use. He has songs about addiction. He was when living in New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's living in Omaha now, back at, back home. But but uh, he lived in New York for for a bit, and uh, it wasn't a good time for him. Right. Um. My thing with this song was like I'm pretty like. There's something about this song that sounds really familiar. Like I felt like I was having. It's also my second favorite song on the record. I wanted to mention. Oh, it was a good song. I definitely liked it. Uh, This is the first song with guitar solos, and there's Mm -hmm. two of them, and they sounded good. Mm -hmm. Um, But I couldn't help but like, I couldn't shake the feeling that I have heard this song before. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what it was. I don't know if it's just like a common chord progression or or what. But yeah. Something like that, you know that thing where it's like you kind of hear something, you're like, "Is that a sample from something? What is?" Yeah, that? yeah. Um, you know, like the end of the song before this, where it's like, "I know what that is, but I don't know what that is." Like it's some recess in my brain where all this information is stored. Yeah, isn't that weird though? Like the the, the pathways there, you just can't find it. Yeah. <laughs> like for example, when something comes back to you, you're like, "Where the fuck did that come from?" And how can exactly. I access it again? Yeah. Yeah, and you're like looking around trying to figure out what made that connection. <laughs> it's like you're uh it's like you're Kevin Bacon in Stir of Echoes and you pay that play that light to paint it black, but you can't figure out what it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like I was thinking to myself, like, who the fuck does he's a musician. How does he not know paint it black? Well listen to that. Right. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It made they, it cool. Look, the, it the made producers for- dropped the money to get a Rolling Stone song. They're putting it in. Yeah, that's true. But Whether it like, makes sense or not, uh, it does because there was a song playing in your part. But but it shows him like having headphones on and then like going through CDs, just going nuts. And his son's like his son's being the creepy kid, teaching him how to play the part. Like go to this fret and this one to use it. And he's like, "Where's that from?" And so he just searches through his uh, entire CD collection, listening to every song, trying to find that lick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I I don't know if I can recommend Sir Echoes. I just remember it. Yeah, just remember there's, that part. There's a second one where Kevin Bacon's role is actually played by Rob Lowe. So. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but now I guess I need to watch through every movie and TV show I've ever seen to figure out where that thing is from. Did we get the closings? Right? The last track, the Comet, the Comet song. Comet song. Uh, heart-wrenching. Um, yeah, this me- one had a this one had just such a like he burned himself hard on this one. Like he had that line, uh, although I told you many times, or yeah, although I told you many times, uh, I'm not much of a man. You held out hope, believing that at least I might pretend. You clenched your fist and threw the dish and called me Peter Pan. Your aim is not very accurate, and I thank God for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, fucking, I heard the words that took my turn. Another eulogy. Not sure if I can hang if this is how it's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, this one, this one was like, like I said, uh, and every song here is a bit of undercut of bitterness, um, mm-hmm. which is, which is again, I'm gonna say classy bright eyes, um, right? Uh, but it's definitely not near as uh, a drag as some of his other records. Like, like Fears and Mirrors, there is a part that record is such a fucking 
uh, drama queen drag sort of thing. That at the end they actually add a skit that's supposed to lighten the record because it's such a fucking downer. <laughs> um, this doesn't need a downer. This this is um, it's late era bright eyes and it's it's definitely lush in its instrumentation. There's mm-hmm. there's there's not wasted space in my opinion when it comes to to all the shit they they crammed into this thing. Yeah, um, and they do an interesting thing on this one in uh, the fourth verse where all of a sudden the beat changes to a waltz beat. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah, kind of like, yeah. oh, well, that's cool. Like something to kind of like keep it interesting. Because I'm sure at some point they realize like this thing is seven verses long. Like there's a lot of lyrics on this damn song. We need to <laughs> change it up a little bit. Yeah, but um, that was a uh, bright eyes down the oh, for the one. What's was well, they end it on a collage of vocal clips. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That I feel like all of what he found was kind of like a nice sum up of mm-hmm. a lot of the themes on the album. Yeah. I, I, I do want to cool. mention. I got this in the mail on. Uh, I got this in the mail on Thursday when I was out of town, and mm-hmm. um, and uh, I I actually called Leah's sister to please bring it inside. Doesn't matter because the records are warped anyway. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, I had to listen to my phone on uh, Spotify. Uh, Damn. Yeah, it's a bummer, man. Uh, I I don't know if it's the postal service, uh, USPS, or if it was just like uh, the label. I'm gonna see if I can get like a replacement. Not 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 just the, not the whole thing just the discs just the vinyl yeah your replacement vinyl because they were they're warped big time man. i couldn't do it Get, like it just, it's messing with the sound and everything yeah 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 i was like that's this is fucked up so i was thinking i'm actually i'm actually gonna check uh, on a few other vinyls make sure it's not just the vinyl maybe it's my record player that's slowing down but i haven't noticed it any other times i listened to it in the past week so dang yeah whatever but doesn't uh, diminish my enjoyment of listening to it on spotify like, yeah. I, uh, you still I, have other means to listen to it. Yeah. And I also, it came with a CD version, but I don't even have a CD player anymore, I don't think. You got a PS4? I do have a PS4. I could do that. It's got, it comes up, it's connected to, to the soundbar here. Um, oh, man. Bump yeah. it. Yeah, bump it. So, But I guess you probably also have Spotify on your PS4, so. <laughs> no, actually, I don't. Dude, you're just listening to it through your phone? Yeah. <laughs> I got Wi-Fi. I'm not using my data. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so in in the like I said, each Bright Eyes record is a grower, right? And in the vast catalog, this is better than People's King, Casadega, um, right now. And but it goes like this: Number one's lifted. Number two is Fears and Mirrors. Number three, hold on, let me pull up their discography. There's so much. <laughs> so it starts out. Uh, Fuck me, hold on. Oh, okay. Number one is uh is lifted. Um, that record means so much to me. It's ridiculous. Uh, Fears and Mirrors. Um, Why We Kids Morning. Digital Ass and Digital Learn. Down the in the weeds were the ones which was Casadega and the People's Key is the bottom one. Okay. Uh, so I mean it's near the bottom of the things, but to me, uh, I I I can't wait to listen to this some more. It's been nine years. I've Dude, I was 24 when the first, the People's Key came out. Wow. Fucking 24. And now I'm like, I mean, I'm 34 now. Um, uh, how much, I guess, I don't know how good you are at like looking at something and being like, maybe kind of like picking out like how much you think it'll grow. Um, like you think you think this moves up into the top? You think there's enough there to explore? Do you see yourself really okay. getting, so getting sick of a, a song or two on here? I see it maybe moving down to slot three. Um, mm-hmm. 
but it's it, like I have such a like the the you know lifted the lifted the the record lifted. It is such an integral part of my um of my formative years, right? Uh, a song, uh, still songs on that that make it that make me cry. And I, you know, if someone's in the car, I'm glad I'm wearing sunglasses so no one can see. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. got to wear multiple layers of sunglasses yeah, so they yeah. can't see them drip off your chin too. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Oh, you're wearing a mask now, so it's perfect. Yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah. So I can't. To me, that I don't see anything unseating that. That's my favorite Brothers record. Um, right. I mean, it's hard to. I mean, I'm sure you have records that you, you, you know, they might not be the best ones, but they're gonna be your favorite. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, especially if like one of them means a lot to you, it's hard mm-hmm. to knock that one out. But um, like, if I'm looking back on stuff that came out decently recently, um, like the new Battles album, mm-hmm. it's like on my third listen. It's like I could, I could kind of tell like. I don't think I'm going to like this song as much on like the 10th listen. It's like, I can kind of, you know, you get, are there any songs in here? You feel like you may be kind of getting tired of since you're on your fifth listen. Like, well, that one I might skip in the future. May I trench? Okay. Yeah. But, uh, but again, I'm, I'm going to give the, a little bit of breather, breather. The, the record that I, because of mine, when I think of the breather and coming back to it, that was rancid 2000. Which was an amazing record. The foil when I revisited, it. I'm like, why did I ever not like this? Was what I was thinking. Yeah, I don't think I've ever disliked it, but there was definitely a time um, I got like super hardcore into Rancid, and then I was like, I don't think I want to listen to Rancid anymore. And then I revisited them again, like after about ten years, and I was like, ah, it's fun. It's fun. I think yeah, it's silly shit now, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, and I think maybe I was like. I wasn't in like that like punk phase where it's like I thought people were posers. I've always been very inclusive with my thing. Like I, well, I'm always like whatever. Somebody wearing a Slayer shirt, who cares? Like that's very nice of you. Good job. Yeah. Like <laughs> I just I don't I don't have the energy to like quiz somebody on their fandom because I have anxiety about people quizzing me on my fandom. I walk around with this high on fire shirt and they're be like, well, what's the twelfth track off of? you know, surrounded by thieves. And I'm like, Name. I don't know. I like, <laughs> I like a lot of their songs. But... Name four songs, dude. Just name four. I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah. You wear a shirt, name all their songs. Um, yeah. Who's their new guitar player? What do you think? Like, just let people enjoy what they enjoy. You don't have to have an encyclopedic knowledge about something to want to support I, something. I, I've been to places where guys will go to a girl. They have, a, a, you know, a, they're wearing the, the, the same band. Like as a shirt, and he'll go up and he's like, "So what's your new favorite song in your record?" She's like, "Oh, I I just like their their that one record with that one song." He's like, "Oh, so it's a new one." So, you, but you're wearing the shirt. <laughs> like I've seen yeah. that happen before. <laughs> like, fuck off. Dude. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 you know, like I'm like, well, you just go ahead and just ruin um any sort of connection you have to scroll by making her feel like shit. Yeah, but also, like, you don't know at what point in someone's journey with a band someone is. Like, everyone always assumes they're at, like, the end point. Like, oh, you grew up with this band and you've listened to them constantly? People don't understand that, like, this could be within, like, the first few months of you discovering them and you haven't put in the time yet. But I also have this thing where if a band means a lot to me and I, I they're playing town, and I look at people's feed, and they're quoting stuff from that one record, from that one song, mm-hmm. and I and I'm like, but their other records are so much better. 
I, of course, I'm I'm you know, trying not to be that guy that does that. <laughs> but it's hard for me not to. It could mean the, a lot to him, though. Yeah, it, could, it probably does. You know, well, who am I to say what means what to <laughs> some people? But back to Rancid. Rancid back were, to Rancid. <laughs> uh, I was kind of, like, being a little bit more serious about, like, punk stuff, but I felt like Rancid were, like, they were, like, I don't know. They felt like, like the poser police force where they were just, like, everything has to be punk and look we wrote punk on our hand like almost like they were overcompensating because they uh, were afraid they would they were getting popular and they wouldn't be seen as punk there's only like, one guys. record that i like <laughs> I only, uh-huh. I only, and it's rancid 2000 uh the other i like that are, one and i like i like let's go oh yeah but the other ones are just like straight up uh radio fodder like to me like, oh yeah yeah they're they're all over the place and um rancid 2000 is a hardcore punk record um, as opposed to the previous one, which was all reggae. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, they went. They had like a ska reggae bit. Yeah, but yeah, I think once I kind of like once I kind of got to that point in like listening to stuff and watching stuff, where I stopped taking I don't know my time so seriously, where mm-hmm. I was like, "Hey, I can listen to something for fun. I don't have to be super serious about it or anything." It is like yeah. I could start enjoying Rancid again, like. Yeah, whatever. It's dumb, but whatever. It's fun. We're we're also at the age, uh, mid twenties, where that shit doesn't really matter anymore. Like no one, I can't think of anyone calling me a poser now. That would be fucking ridiculous. Right. Uh, I'd be like, are <laughs> you? Like, uh, I'd be like, are you fucking joking? Really? Like you're yeah. gonna, you're gonna like like it doesn't even like like that that mattered when I was a teenager, but I'm I'm, I'm twice that. I mean, like like, yeah. like I don't give a fuck. Like. Go ahead, I might be a poser. poser, but at least I'm not a tryhard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, um, so yeah, yeah bright eyes. <laughs> yeah, bright eyes. Uh, they made a lot to me growing up. They still mean a lot to me, and I couldn't be happier that they're back. Yeah, and I'm I'm glad uh, that they released something good because I feel like as each year goes by in in a gap for a band, if like the worse an album is, I'll plot like. Uh, the badness of an album plus time equals just like such a crappy album and but, them releasing but, something good is I'm glad they, for you. Yeah. The thing is like, and it wasn't like at the drive-in came back or fucking mm-hmm. another band that would broke up and come back. They just sort of said, we're on hiatus. We're in, I mean, we haven't been, and there was no like animosity or drama between them. They were just all doing different shit. So like, like, um, there was no, none of this, uh, none of this build up. Like when the driving came back and they came and record, released the record, I was like, "I have to drive her back." And they released the record, I'm like, "I have to drive her back." <laughs> right. So, um, this to me, I'm not seeing this as a comeback record. Uh, in my eyes, they never really left. In my opinion, Connor's been doing stuff constantly, and this is just another extension of his, uh, his, uh, his songwriting. Uh, I do want to do want to give credit to Mike Mogus and the thing at Wincott, well, Wildcott, because they are part of his band. If you have yeah. Connor Burst, uh, what does what does Mike Mogus do? He uh is produ- he was producer. Uh, he also a bunch of um percussion, bunch of he does a little of everything. Well, I feel like I we've made it this far, and we kind of forgot to mention a couple big things. Okay, I'm pretty sure Flea plays bass on this. Album. Oh yeah, he does. Yeah, he does play bass on this. We movie. didn't mention that, and whoever's drumming drums for the Queen for Queens of the Stone Age right now. Yeah, Flea was on played uh, bass for tracks 2, 4, 5, 7, 11, 12, 14. 
So most of them. Yeah. And uh, um, drums, uh, John Theodore, mm, uh, did, who who plays for Queens of the Stone Age right now. Two through, tracks 2 through 14, the drums. Yeah. Um, oh, he also the, used uh, to play with, like, Mars Volta. Like, he's he's done a lot of stuff that <laughs> I can't believe we forgot to mention that these people were on the album. Yeah, Flea's a big deal. Flea's a big deal to be on the record. And uh, I love that it just says Flea. I mean, it doesn't say his real name. That's his name. Yeah. Flea, like and, Cher. And, uh, yeah, when you're saying funky bass line, you can definitely hear his bass in this, his, his style on this. Flea Those. can't not play funky. <laughs> <laughs> he can't not slap. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, that's a big deal, I guess. Uh, I totally forgot about that. I'd like to see shots in the... I'd like to see uh, damn near 70-year-old... How old is Flea? He's got to be in his... Uh, late like a hundred and something. Hopefully this forever. But um, Flea. Oh, fuck! I just he's born in sixty two, so he's he's about as old as my dad is. He's almost he'll be sixty uh, next year or two years from now. Uh, so go go Flea. Not that old. No, it's not that old. Good job, I mean, Flea. He's fifty seven. But I mean, I imagine all the drugs he's done. I don't know if he'll make it past. <laughs> I mean, Ozzy made this far, right? So, right. But, um, I, I mean, every time I think of Flea, I think about his role in Back to the Future 2. <laughs> what do you, McFly? Chicken? <laughs> needles? Every time yeah, I needles. think of Flea, I think of this video that doesn't exist on the internet anymore. Um, for it, if you search for it? Yeah, it got copyright striked, but it was on one channel and the person never re-uploaded it. But it was like a flea bass instructional video that oh somebody God. re-recorded all the audio for. And like <laughs> it was so funny. Like he I don't know. It he just did like weird stuff. He made it sound awful, but like he matched the stuff up perfectly. Like you've seen those like shreds videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it yeah. was it was like a very early one of those. I mean, it might have even been the same guy, but yeah, it got copyright striked in like 2006 when i was like 13 years old i was at a friend's house and he put on a vhs of a of a televangelist but someone had added all the fart sounds to his steps <laughs> and i i was able to find it like a, a couple years ago on the internet but um i was i was like that that had been like the earliest sort of like like youtube video i don't know man it was weird yeah anyway <laughs> so that was Bright Eyes down yeah. in the weeds where the world once was. Uh, if you guys like it uh, or dislike it, uh, go ahead and shoot us an email. We'll definitely talk about it. Um, yeah, or an Instagram or a Facebook or anything. I I want to know what other people feel about this album. Or if you gave it a shot like I did uh, from having not heard it or Bright yeah. Eyes at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you're, if, you're, if you're a Bright Eyes version... I definitely have to hear what you have to say about it. Um, I, I like I said, I can't separate my feelings from this record. I can't right. look at it. It's hard. I mean, I'd be it'd be fucking impossible uh, for me. Um, I was able to put mine aside. Yeah, so. but the thing is, like, <laughs> I I will say, um, I wish more chances were taken when it comes to music. Um, okay. Uh, I do like a lot of it's just sort of like there's some songs I can't even hear picture what they sound like right now. Um, so. <laughs> Uh, I I just I I wish there are more chances taken. Um, he did, and part of the people's key. A lot of that record is really experimental, which doesn't help it. 
right? Okay. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that might have something to do with it. But um, I'm, I'm definitely going to revisit this um, over and over again. And awesome. so, yeah, so I'm glad it came out and I'm looking forward to listening to it more. And then other records I'm looking forward to is Sufjan Stevens' new record comes out in October, along with uh, the Mountain Goats new record, Getting Into Knives, which is the best name for a record ever in a long time. It's a great one. I do want to. I do want to check out their Mountain Goats in 2020. When someone was like, they dropped a 45 minute track. It was like, ooh, I'm listening to that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they didn't release. They also dropped a record that's like 30 minutes long, maybe less, which is that um, the one he recorded on the Boombox, which is about pagans all the way. Cool. Yeah. So you always. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if there's really much coming out this year that I'm excited about Los Bichos might release an album and I'll bring that one but uh, yeah if it ever comes out but the next episode we're releasing after this uh, will be um, Them's Fighting Words yeah our next theme yeah and I I think I've got mine picked out and I think you did too I I had our time picking it but we'll we'll, we'll get into that um, when we uh, when we record that episode but uh, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, this was definitely a pick of mine. Um, <laughs> it would have been weird if Ryan's like, fuck yeah, Bright Eyes. I'd be like, <laughs> I, I'd be like, I had no clue you like Bright Eyes. It's like, I don't. But, um, yeah, but fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, I'm yeah, more uh, of a Bushy Tails fan. <laughs> the name Bright Eyes is also so, so fucking sad. <laughs> and precious. Yeah. Um, but, um, all right, man. Uh, that was record day. I-